great. Well, thanks everyone for coming out for the podcast and set. (laughs) (laughs) This week, my guest is Miss Sandy McCree. And I'm with the famous, amazing improviser, instructor, coach, and very handsome Miles Stroff. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) I'm I think it's the first time anyone's introduced me back uh, on my own podcast. <laughs> it's like, and by the way, guess who's also here? The guy whose name is on the podcast. My mother always told me that if there's a mic, she'll find something to say on it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, now, I thought we, we were just meeting, but apparently we have met before, and I, and I have forgotten you. It's terrible. an L.A. thing. You meet people, and it's like a hundred times, and it's like, oh, by the way, I met you before. Oh, what's your name? I'm used to it. But yeah, I've taken your classes. In my defense, you said you always look different. I do. I'm, I'm, how, can, how do you expect someone to remember you if you always look different? Well, I just, sometimes I want them to remember my work, Miles. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you've been, you've been do- out here for 10 years now, you said. 10 years. Uh, yeah. and you, you did the groundlings out here and you got to the Sunday company. Yep. I'm a Sunday company alum. That's a big deal. How, how long are you on, on, on the Sunday company? I did six months. Six months of Sunday company? Uh-huh. Two different directors who were absolutely extraordinary. Um. All right. Cause that's, 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 as, far, as far as I understand it, like, it's really hard to get to the Sunday company. I mean, how much, how many, how much? How long were you at the Groundlings before you got to the Sunday Company? Okay, I'm the I'm like in denial, like in relationships, and like it could be like a relationship that's been going on like a week, like you meet someone, but I'd be thinking like it's like time to meet your mother, you know, like it's like <laughs> intense. So I'm not I'm really not good with time, but um, I think I want to say it took me. Um, five years or or a couple years between each level. That sounds. I mean, that sounds about what I've heard. Yeah. As far as being able to get to get through over there, uh, and you you enjoyed it there. Yeah. I I've I, I love improvising. I love sketch writing. I love acting. I love comedy. I love drama. Um, I've been very fortunate because uh, I'm a, a professional student, so I've studied with you, but you don't remember, um, <laughs> at I.O. It's true, I don't, I don't which, is, which is completely bizarre to me, because I've, 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 I've forgotten names, because there's just thousands of names, but Yeah. almost always when I see a face, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's somewhere, I, I know that face, but again, you tell me you look completely different all the time, so how am yeah. I supposed to recognize your face. Well, that means a lot of chocolate girls have come through <laughs> this and, program. And again, right right there, I was like, yeah, I, I thought that. I, I was just like, how did I forget the black girls in my class? Oh, <laughs> you won't forget this black one, will you? No, not not now. Yeah. Not with the amount of shit I'm catching for. Uh, oh, no, I don't want, no, that's <laughs> not me. I'm, 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 a, I'm a lover. And after every one of your shows, because I do, I go see a lot of, um, shows at all the theaters over town and after the shows I, I pay my respects and say thank you for what you do so well well thank you very much it's very nice of you mm-hmm. uh and you, were, you you mentioned sort of just offhandedly we were talking briefly before we came up here you were on the wire yeah i was on the fourth season of hbo's the wire and have you guys seen it 
Oh, okay. Uh, and I play. I've never, I've never seen it. Uh, Just because for some reason I have a subconscious need to not follow you. Ooh, I see. I see. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to forget you as soon as you leave here. Okay. And if there's a show, I will, I, somehow I'll manage not to see it. Okay. Well, a lot of people have seen. Um, yeah, that was like a huge hit show. It's, yeah, it's, it's an amazing show, and, and that's why I'm here. I shot, uh, I think, 2006. 2005, 2006, and some very good friends of mine, um, I'm going to name drop. There you go. Um, Jake Oz um, and Joe Russo, uh, uh, friends of mine who I went to grad school with at Case Western Reserve University who came out here, and when I got the wire, um, they said you should come out before your season air and, and do your thing, and... Thank God I listen to my friends. How's all that going? It's going well. I have a movie that's coming out January, The New Edition Story. Um, you guys may not know New Edition um, because it's like I'm dating myself a little bit. But they were like um, <coughs> boy band, one of the first boy bands, like after Michael Jackson, the Jack, well, not Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five. Um, so Bobby Brown started New Edition. And I'm playing Bobby Brown's mother. In the new edition story, um, it airs January twenty fifth. It's a three night miniseries on BT. That's that's fucking great. Yeah, but you won't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're in it, man. Because then I'd have to say I know that. Girl. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. Cong- congratulations. Thank uh, you. Anything else going on down those lines? I, I always hate like continuing to ask because eventually it's like, no, that's it. I'm I'm out. Okay. Thanks for keep asking that question. Uh, I just I just don't know. What else is going on? Um, well, Stan Lee just had his Comic-Con, and I was in a great short um, called Weekend Warriors, and I'm not, I know that there's some LARPers out there listening, um, live action reenacting. And um, this short is so, it's a, it's a mockumentary. It's so incredibly funny. Um, written and directed by Gabriel Olivia, and it's so great. Um, yeah. So you're a, you're a LARPer, um, like live action role playing. Um, nah, not really. I'm, I play one on TV. No, I, no, you you showed me your phone. There were pictures of you in there. Uh, yeah. There were pictures of you all dressed up like you were at the Renaissance Fair. But I, remember, I dress up all the time. Yeah, you look different all the time. Uh, I remember. It's funny. I remember. The Renaissance Fair, when I was a kid, I was a small kid, I remember, like, the only thing I remember is, like, you had to climb a ladder to ring a bell, and if you, and the ladder would spin, you might fall off, but if, if you could do it, cost a quarter to do, and if you could do it, you got 50 cents. Oh, cool. And I was like, well, I can do, can I could, I mm-hmm. could do it all day. And so I just kept getting in line, uh... And then the money went right back into the fair because what I would do for some reason at that age, I would take 50 cents, which it cost to try and win a coconut. I'd go over to some other booth where you, I think you threw a baseball or you threw something, probably not a baseball because that would be not true to the Renaissance Fair, but you, you threw something at a coconut and if you could knock it off whatever it was sitting on, you got the coconut. And for, and for some reason, I was just like, I got to get as many fucking coconuts as I can get. <laughs> And I remember my, my mom and dad were like, why the hell are you, why do you keep trying to get coconuts? I'm like, I, I, I gotta win them. 
I can get these coconuts. I had like 20 coconuts. Oh, my God. The other day, my parents were putting them in the goddamn car. It's like, what's all these fucking coconuts? Uh, it's like, I want them all. Renaissance, because to me, the Renaissance is about fucking coconuts. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that, that was... I, I I never did that. I've, I've known a couple people who were like people who were like they they were Renaissance Fair people. I mean, that's what you did. If I mean, if you studied theater, you know, stock theater summers and Renaissance fairs, or for those serious thespians, and then the rest of the people got jobs like at, um, well, I, I'm going to say Magic Mountain, but in Maryland, Virginia, it's called something different. And I don't want to say it because it may not be there anymore because I don't want to date myself. <laughs> it always struck me as like the Renaissance fair people were kind of split between uh, the, the people who were just like 24-7. It's kind of like, what ho there, good sir? May, may we have some mead with you? And that kind of shit. And then the, the other half were people just like, yeah, all right, you want a coconut. <laughs> it's just like, I'm... I'm I'm getting making like four bucks an hour here today, and I don't want a beer, and I'm hungover. Uh, and I'm, I'm only here because I like that girl in the other booth. True. Uh, <laughs> so it's the Renaissance Fair. Uh-huh. Um, I've never done anything, anything like that. So you've been out here for 10 years. Uh, you're out of the ground legs now. So are you playing anywhere comedically now? Um, with, I have a new improv group that I'm working with um, that I'm so proud of. It's one of the largest groups I've ever um, played with, and it's called the, we're called the Colin Kaepernicks, and we look like America. You look like America. We look like America. It's As, a remember, beautiful thing. You mentioned that you're, there are 30 of you. Yeah, I believe it's, it might be 31, 32, but it's, it's at least 30. And if, and you've done shows. It's like you're like a half hour set with thirty we, people on. Stage. We haven't done a show yet. We have a show coming up, and I don't want to say the date because again, it's that relationship thing. You know, I'm not good at like the dates. So I have to put the ca- when when is it? December 3rd. It's December third. There's a Colin Kaepernick in the house. Out of count. Oh, you're are are you on the Colin Kaepernick Donna? All right. Uh, what I mean, so have, have you done a show? No, it's December third is our first show. We first show thirty people. Mm-hmm. It's how many people on what stage? Um, what stage I don't. We're running a place. We're not gonna. Um, it's predominantly uh, made up of UCB um, trained performers, improvisers in Sandy, um, and we're not, we're gonna do it at an outside venue that's gonna accommodate. And I don't mean outside, exterior outside. <coughs> But at a different venue, um, because we just want to have our energy in there, and uh, and it's our style. It's a certain style that we do, that we've created. All right, why don't you get, well, go ahead and push? What's the style? How do you? I'm just curious. How do you play thirty? Like how long is the show going to be? You think? I think the show will be about forty-five minutes. All right. Yeah, forty-five minutes, and I mean we play every Sunday. We play for about four hours. Um, rehearsing and we start from a place of truth we start from and for those improvisers that are listening um if you've seen a format um with like storytelling um or statement um that is synthesized into not so much um um 
a role playing or, or recreating that story, but um, what has come out of the catalyst that led out of that story. It's, it's profound, beautiful, and funny as hell. And it winds up being like scenes too, like a bunch of you wind up doing like a it, large scenes, monologues. Sometimes it's it's just behavior. It's I mean it's. I the only thing I'm gonna say I know you don't follow me, but <laughs> you should follow the KPs. <coughs> the Colin Kaepernick. I'm interesting because I'm I'm interested because thirty thirty players. I've been in shows where there are that many people who are supposed to be playing. Uh-huh. When the show is just sort of, I remember, I remember doing Armando's in Chicago, where there was fucking like forty people in the show. But I think they, it usually got divided up so there was only like twenty or so on each in each set or something. But still, that, that's a lot of fucking people to be it, to be in a set. It, it's a lot, but um, it doesn't look like. It. I mean, we move as one, as uh, this most uh, powerful unit, and it's not overwhelming the stage. The timing is right. I mean, you've. I mean, as improvisers, we play where somebody might get so happy and they're not doing a give and take um, and or n- they're not listening. But I don't know how it happened. This chemistry. Well, that's special. It's because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get chemistry with two people. Is know? it? Yeah. I, the, the, I thought we were going to do something this no, evening. No, we are. I'm, I'm just saying like 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 the, the, the first time I ever felt ensemble was with with the team I was on called The Family. And that was the first time I felt on ensemble. And I didn't feel ensemble again until I played with uh, Dan Backadall in Zumpf. And I didn't find it again until I played with Heather Ann Campbell and Heather and Miles. And those are just two people. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my thing. It was like, it's hard to get ensemble with them. The more, the more people in that pot, the harder it is to get everybody on the same page. You got 30, if you have a 30-person ensemble, that's got to be something to watch. It's amazing. Now, you know, I'm like grandma with a picture, so I'll show you some afterwards. It's just amazing. And it it works. It's done. I've been on, I think since I've been here in L.A., uh, I think I've been on about um, six teams, um, give or take a couple of the teams that I've been on. Out of where? um, A mixture of all of of this, of all of the... Theaters, um, primarily Groundling, but we play all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've hosted a lot. I love hosting. What do you mean? Like getting a crowd, working a crowd. Like I wanted to be like a hype girl, you know, but I don't sing. I don't rap. You know, I can't do that spoken word thing. Um, but I, um, even though I'm like nervous all the time, even though it doesn't appear, I'm kind of the person to say hi or to speak to everyone or introduce myself or or try to be a bridge. Um, my mother always taught me, like, if you're in space or sharing space, and especially if it's not your space, act accordingly so you could be invited back to that space. Uh-huh. So that's how, <clears throat> so I, that's how I live. I just speak to everyone and... Some of my friends like like God damn. Do you have to speak to everyone? Can we just go to the store and you not speak to? Do you, oh shit, you exchange the numbers. But that's a that is such a great skill because like I I know I don't have that. And I, as it happens, I'm doing a podcast, which to me is just ridiculous. Uh, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have the gift. Like I'm like like my mom had it, and it's funny. I, I never really knew it. I never knew, really knew how much she had it until. 
the rehearsal dinner for my wedding. Oh. When, you know, and at, at, at that point, she was, I don't know, she was, if she's that old now, she was in her late 60s, uh, probably around 70. Uh, but no matter what age anyone was, she could talk them up. Strangers were coming over, and she, she is immediately be on them and have them included and talking them up, and she never ran out of anything to talk about. Mm. Uh, just, you know, silver tongue. Um, and, and my wife can do it. I probably saw that trait in her from, like, I admired it in my mother, but I was like, she, she has it too. She can just talk to you and make you feel included and fun. And I'm more like my dad, which is like, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going back to work now. <laughs> Because we have nothing to say to each other right now, uh, and, and it's not like that to me. It's like I'm probably doing a podcast because I've always been someone to try and work on what I'm weak at. All right, so I'm bad at that. So I'm always like, how do I got to keep talking? I got to find a way to, to say something else. You can improv your ass off, though. That's not me, though. That's just the people I'm oh, playing. Okay, okay. Right? It's a but little it's bit you. of you, don't you think? It's always a little bit of you. Mm. Cause I'm physically on stage, but mm-hmm. I, I disappear as soon as I can. I try. I find a character, and then I'm gone. I don't want me on stage. I'm the last person I want to see on stage. Damn. <laughs> I like you too. <laughs> I want to see you, but okay. No, no, yeah, but I, for, for me, that, that that is. I mean, when I improvise, if I feel like I'm not pretending to be someone, mm-hmm. then I feel like a, a heavy weight. Okay. I feel like now I, I, me, I have to be funny and clever. Whereas as soon as I'm pretending to be someone else, mm-hmm. I'm sort of like, well, look at this fucker. Mm-hmm. He can look at the shit he's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining I'm him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not me anymore. It's that guy. Uh, so that's a great escape. It's, it's also a great way to hide. It's fun. Uh, well, especially if the way you, um, embody your characters, if you commit to them 100%, then you are telling the truth as that character. So that's beautiful too. Yeah. I think it's where I'll, I mean, I think I, I was, I've always said, you know, improv is the exploration of everything through your perspective. Mm-hmm. That's the only perspective you get is yours. So whoever I'm playing, it's, I'm playing who I think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of the exploration. So it's like it it, it is you in a way because it's what you think. It's how you perceive the world, how, how you pretend to be uh, when you're playing a character. But it, yeah, it's to me. I just I I don't want to just be me on stage. Do you ever play your dad? No. 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 He's it, it, that's not comic to me. Mm. But 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 yeah, I, I don't think I wouldn't. I've never thought of. That's an interesting question. I've never thought of it like that. Uh, no, he's my, my father is fair. Mm-hmm. He's the fairest man I've, I've, I've ever known. He's a he's you know he's a wonderful man, funny, uh, you know in, in, in his way. Uh, but he's just you know, I I admire him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't tend to play people I admire. Mm. Same reason I wouldn't play my mother. Mm-hmm. Like no, because I I respect and admire her too much to like she wouldn't be comical. Yeah, my my mother's pretty crazy. I want to play her. Never. Uh, my my dad was he's passed away. Um, my dad was weird. He would look at the newspaper, read the newspaper, and he would go to the obituaries last, and he would look and say, "Wow, so and so that." Owned the dry cleaners off of Georgia Avenue. I grew up in Washington, D.C. Off of Georgia Avenue, died. And 
he'll tell us, well, going over to his funeral, going over to his wake tonight. Didn't know the man, but he would go to everyone's wake and funeral, you know, when he wasn't working. And there was a time when people would pass away and the procession would come and he would, he always wore a hat. He'd take, pull over the car, take his hat off, and we had to wait there. And I'm like, I hope it's not a long one. And he's like, why would you say that? The longer you should, you see how many friends and families come to pay their respects. That's why I always go to pay my respects so they'll have someone there. But they don't know it. And that's what I used to say. Tell them. Yeah, that's a, it's funny that that's like a beautiful thing. It's also a weird thing. Weird. It was weird, but I mean, the things that I, I mean, it just triggered that I remember about, um, they called him Mr. Mac. Everyone, I mean, he cut everybody's grass. Um, but he was, he was social, but not social. Yeah. He was active. Right. He he got out there and did stuff. He got there and did stuff. He wasn't stop. He wasn't talking to somebody. He wasn't talking. <laughs> just, just doing stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a, that's a strange thing he did. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> strange man. I don't know what to say about that. I have nothing to say about that. Uh, it's not bad. It's just weird. It's like, I'm going to go to someone else's funeral. So my family's weird. A whole mother, father, just just a weird bunch of people. That's why I got the hell out of there, and I am here. Mom, I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be home for Christmas. Uh because I have kids and a dog. And what so kind of dog? To, well, I'm, I'm from Chicago originally. Uh, I'm, we're still guessing on what kind of dog that is. <laughs> uh, it was funny. We, we 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 meant to get a we wanted to get a dog for the kids for Christmas last year, and we wanted to get a puppy, uh, and we wanted to get a dog that didn't shed. Those are the three main things that we wanted, and we wound up, you know, getting involved with something called Animals Without Borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden, there's a phone call, like December 10th or something, that there's a dog, there's a dog coming in from Kosovo on a plane right now, mm-hmm. and you know, you, it, it needs a home, and it's it's it seems to be it seems to fit your what you're looking for, and you know, my wife's all wrapped up in this, and you have to go to the airport and meet in the parking lot and Dang. get this dog in a, from a just been on a plane for 24 hours flying in from Kosovo. Uh, we get it. Uh, and actually, my wife goes to the airport and gets it and brings it home. And you, know, you open that crate. That dog's been in that crate for you know a full day or more. And, fl- and on a plane. On a plane. Damn. On planes. Uh, and it, you know, eventually, it takes a few hours, but it comes out of the crate. And, you know, it's all shaky. And it's a good-sized dog. This dog was probably six months old at least because it was, it was already a full-sized dog. Uh, and it was apparently some sort of golden retriever mix. I was about to say something. It was something. like a mix between, like, as far as we can guess, it was a mix between, like, a border collie and a golden retriever and maybe a couple other things. Uh, so this dog sheds like a son of a bitch. I mean, it's, just, it's got that hair. Our house is just a... Poof! Now it's just like, you, you can clean the whole fucking house, and five minutes later, there's hair everywhere, uh, and it it's hyper, 
and it's it's got sharp claws and it's already scratched up like the kids and but it's like, an, I got this just it's, just yesterday just playing it's just playing it's being playful but it doesn't know what it's doing uh, I'm scared yeah <laughs> the thing is it's a sweet dog it's like the 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 great things about it is like it's very protective of the kids mm-hmm. although at the border collie like my my son who's five the dog like sort of uh, what, what what dogs do it corrals him. It, mm-hmm. it herds him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. it, it herds him around yeah. the house. Uh, mm-hmm. But she'll also get between him and anything that's like unfamiliar. Oh, that's or, awesome. Or like that. He, he was coughing the other night when he was sleeping. And she like went into the room and just sort of licked his face uh. until he stopped coughing. And then she came back out. Oh, she's checking on him. I'm like, so she's smart like that. Can't get rid of her hair. Oh no, you Shit can't. all over the place. That's love. Oh, you, know, you can keep one, that. Yeah, once you have, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, kids. We're just gonna get rid of the dog now because it sheds. Uh huh. There's the lesson for you. Oh, oh, oh my. I know a few people have gotten rid of a few cats and dogs because they shed. That's just not. A, I, I could never do that. It's like, sorry, you're going. It's like my, my mom, who's now you know up in her eighties. I was telling her about the dog, and she's kind of like, it's, it's, it's a great thing, you know, for the kids. And, you know, it, it'll be a lesson and, you know, loss because, you know, eventually, you know, dogs do, dogs do pass, and they pass, you know, sooner than, uh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. And she's like, so I'm sorry that had to happen because she's kind of, you know, she, she misses sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she kind of thought it had already happened. And I'm like, Mom, we just got the dog. <laughs> <laughs> like six months ago, and she goes, and, and and she realized what had happened, and she goes, "No, it's time." <laughs> and then she started laughing like hysterically, like, "Yeah, I'm gonna put down my dog yeah. that we just got to teach my kids the lesson of loss." Uh, she's funny. She is funny. She's always been funny. Um, all right, do we have any questions for Sandy out there? Yeah, right there. Um, and you can answer it. Um, improv is obviously like a very personal uh, art form, especially when you speak about it, and you seem to be like a very strong woman. Was there ever a point in your improv career that you felt like when you when you were doing improv, you kind of felt like a wall, like a block, and you weren't able to like get to that vulnerable spot? And if so, how did you? If you remember that, like how did you? Like- um, there was one incident in particular um, where we were playing. Um, I won't named the group that I was playing with. Um, but we it was a, like every Friday night we um, used to do a few sets. And I think, uh, I, I can't remember which character, but I had owned a dry cleaner. And someone was coming in and getting their things, whatever. And a guy came on, uh, one of the person came in and labeled me, and Angie Mama, but it had nothing to do with the scene or where the scene was, and it freaked me out because I froze and I couldn't respond, and I was very angry um, and hurt because I was like, whoa, you know, like, come on, or was it insensitive? And I was just very hurt, and I talked about it with a really close friend of mine. Actually, we all went out afterwards, and... And we were able to discuss it a little bit, and they 
um, said why they had labeled me Angemama, but I told my mother about it. And as I was like, Mom, I almost froze the audience gasp when he said it. It was just very awkward. And I, you know, I called my mom thinking I'm going to get some support and love. And she said, but you said you're supposed to yes and. So why don't you say, um, you want some flapjacks? Or <laughs> you must have saw that syrup stain on my, on my shirt this morning. And it just made everything all right because you do justify and it's just regardless. But I was, I mean, it was just like, I just thought it was a little bit insensitive in the in the thing, but hey, your mom's right about rolling with the punches. <laughs> yeah. but, but that guy that was just fucking racist. It's <laughs> just no. It's like I mean, if it just comes out of nowhere, hey, you 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 want dry cleaners? Okay, Aunt Mama. Yeah. Uh, just like what the fuck did you just say? Yeah, I know. I I just kept going with this scene, but it was just an awkward situation. But you're right. I should have rolled with it. I should have done what Leona told me to do. And but. Of, no, you, know. you can yes and in different ways. Yeah. I wouldn't expect anyone to tolerate that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's like the yes hand there would be like, get the fuck out of my dry cleaner, yeah. you racist prick. Yeah. It's like, did you just call me Aunt Jemima? I'm a, I'm a successful business. Yeah. He, it, I'm agreeing that you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm agreeing that it's fucked up. Uh, I don't have to say, yes, I will now be that. Yeah. Uh, because that came, yeah, fuck that kind of shit. It's funny because the in, in improv, there's like, yeah, you yes and, but that doesn't mean you, you have to get rolled over. Yeah. Uh, where is the agreement? Because yes and ultimately is all about where's the agreement on stage. And to me, the agreement in that moment was probably, because it sounds like the way the audience reacted, mm -hmm. the agreement was that guy was a dick, right? That was fucking wrong. And so we all agree. So, oh, great. We all agree. Let's work in support of that agreement that's what yes and is it's not about like oh i guess i guess i gotta be a stereotype now because he labeled me one for no reason thanks for the question yeah 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 <laughs> now i'm all fucking pissed off uh, -huh. uh all right let's not be angry let's have uh -huh. fun